Welcome to Bible Chapter Every Day. I'm Matthew. Our chapter today is Exodus 23. Let's ask God to bless our time today. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would help us to learn the spiritual lessons as we consider the physical things as we read this chapter. We ask this through Jesus. Amen. Exodus 23. You will not spread a false report. Do not lift your hand with the wicked to be a malicious witness. You will not follow a majority for evil, and you will not testify concerning a legal dispute to turn aside after a majority to pervert justice. You will not be partial to a powerless person in his legal dispute. If you come upon the ox of your enemy or his donkey going astray, you will certainly bring it back to him. And if you see the donkey of your enemy lying down under its burden, you will refrain from abandoning him. You will surely arrange it with him. You will not pervert the justice of the poor in his legal dispute. You will stay far from a false charge, and do not kill the innocent and the righteous, because I will not declare the wicked righteous, and you will not take a bribe, because the bribe makes the sighted blind and ruins the words of the righteous. And you will not oppress an alien. You yourselves know the feelings of the alien, because you are aliens in the land of Egypt. And six years you will sow your land and gather its yield. But the seventh you will let it rest, and leave it fallow. And the poor of your people will eat, and their remainder the animals of the field will eat. You will do likewise for your vineyard and for your olive trees." Six days you will do your work, but on the seventh day you will stop, so that your ox and your donkey will rest, and the son of your slave woman and the alien will be refreshed. And you will be attentive to all that I have said to you, and you will not profess the name of other gods. It will not be heard in your mouth. Three times in a year you will hold a festival for me. You will keep the Feast of Unleavened Bread. For seven days you will eat unleavened bread as I commanded you at the appointed time, the month of Abib, because in it you came out from Egypt, and no one will appear before me empty-handed. And you will keep the feast of harvest, with the first fruits of your work, what you sow in the field, and you will keep the feast of harvest gathering when the year goes out, when you gather your work from the field. Three times in the year all your men will appear before the Lord Yahweh. You will not sacrifice the blood of my sacrifice together with food, with yeast, and you will not leave the fat of my feast overnight until morning. The best of the first fruits of your land you will bring to the house of Yahweh your God. You will not boil a young goat in its mother's milk. Look, I am about to send an angel before you to guard you on the way and to bring you to the place that I have prepared. Be attentive to him, and listen to his voice. Do not rebel against him, because he will not forgive your transgression, for my name is in him. But if you listen attentively to his voice and do all that I say, I will be an enemy to your enemies and a foe to your foes. When my angel goes before you and brings you to the Amorites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, I will wipe them out. You will not bow to their gods, and you will not serve them, and you will not act according to their actions.
because you will utterly demolish them, and you will utterly break their stone pillars, and you will serve Yahweh your God, and he will bless your bread and your water, and I will remove sickness from among you. There will be no one suffering miscarriage or infertile in your land. I will make full the number of your days. I will release my terror before you, and I will throw into confusion all the people against whom you come, and I will make all your enemies turn their back to you. And I will send the hornet before you, and it will drive out the Hivites, the Canaanites, and the Hittites from before you. I will not drive them out from before you in one year, lest the land become a desolation, and the wild animals multiply against you. Little by little I will drive them out from before you, until you are fruitful, and take possession of the land. And I will set your boundary from the Red Sea, and up to the Sea of the Philistines, and from the desert up to the river, because I will give the inhabitants of the land into your hand, and you will drive them out from before you. You will not make a covenant with them and with their gods. They will not live in your land, lest they cause you to sin against me when you serve their gods, for it will be a snare to you. Well, that's the reading. Let's dig in. At the end of chapter 22, God gave some moral commands that weren't really laws for the judges to enforce. These continue here in chapter 23. No punishment is listed for these commands. These are just the right thing to do. And in many cases, it is impossible for a human court to enforce these. But this is the way God wants people to live. And wouldn't this make society a better place if everyone lived this way? At the beginning of this chapter, he gives some commands that really expand on the command, you shall not bear false witness. So he says, don't spread a false report. We use the term slander today. Or we can also think of passing on things on social media that are untrue. He says, don't be a malicious witness, and don't just go along with the majority if they are not being just. The majority is a fickle standard. One day you're supposed to align this way, the next you're supposed to align the other way. But God says to align with the truth, even when it goes against the current group think. Then God describes how to treat our enemy. We should help them when given the chance. So if you see their animal wandering off, you should bring that animal back to them. That sounds like a practical example of what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount. Love your enemies. Then God says they must not side with the rich and powerful to allow them to get their way in court. He specifically mentions bribes, but also says, do not kill the innocent. Sometimes people will side with the rich and powerful without any bribe, just because they want the powerful person to like them. But God says, be on the side of truth and justice. Then God talks about the Sabbath, but he starts by talking about a Sabbath year. The seventh year, they were not to plant and harvest. The land would get a rest every seven years. And then he mentions the Sabbath day, where people and animals were to rest on the seventh day. He says not to speak the name of other gods. I don't think he is saying that they could never say the name of those gods, but rather that they should never swear in the name of those gods, never treat those gods as if they could do anything for them. Then Yahweh talks about three specific feasts that all of the adult males were to attend. The first is the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which is connected with Passover. The second is the Feast of First Fruits of the Harvest. 
This is also known as the Feast of Weeks, because it happens seven weeks after Passover. And in Greek, it was known as Pentecost, because it was 50 days after Passover. The third feast is at the end of the harvest, when they bring in everything from the field, and that is connected with the Feast of Booths. God says that they must not mix a blood sacrifice with anything containing yeast, and that the fat of a sacrifice must not be left until the next day. Yeast is classified as a fungus by scientists today. It eats away at the sugar in the bread in a fermentation process. God doesn't elaborate here, but yeast represents sin in the Bible. So the idea is that sin cannot be mixed with the sacrifice. Leaving the fat until morning may also be connected with decay and organisms feeding on it, or it may just be the idea that worship to God must be attended to immediately. God says the first fruits belong to him. And he adds this interesting command about not boiling a young goat in its mother's milk. Then God discusses how they will take over the promised land. God will send his angel ahead to give them the victory. They must not worship the gods of the land, but they must destroy all the things they use to worship those gods so that they don't get into that worship. Then God explains the blessings he will give them if they obey. He will give them food to eat. He will take away their diseases. He will give them victory over their enemies, and they will have expansive borders. God explains that they won't take over the land all at once, but they will slowly take it over. So they will have to be careful not to start worshiping the gods of those nations in the process. And now for a deeper dive. What do we do when we get a disease? Well, we usually go to the doctor. But here, God is promising his people that if they follow his commands, he will take away their diseases. Does God do that today? Well, we first have to acknowledge that God was using physical things to show spiritual truths to his people, the Israelites. In the New Covenant, God does not have nearly the amount of physical things to show the spiritual truths as he used in the Old Covenant. But Jesus did come healing diseases. I think it is a mistake when our first thought is to turn to doctors. I'm not saying we shouldn't use doctors, but if God doesn't want us to be healed, the doctors won't be able to heal us. But I don't think God has promised Christians today that if they just do what God says, they won't get any diseases. Even in the Old Testament, we see Job getting a lot of trouble, including a disease, and he had not sinned. On the other hand, Jesus did connect sin with disease on some occasions. In John 5.14, After these things, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, Look, you have become well. Sin no longer, lest something worse happen to you. So, when we have problems in this life, our first thought should be to turn to God. And sometimes, we will see that there is sin that we need to deal with. Other times, it is something we need to learn. But I think it is always intended for our good. Scripture quotations are from the Lexham English Bible. Copyright 2012, Logos Bible Software. Lexham is a registered trademark of Logos Bible Software.